Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. We are back. Nick McVicker, Irfan Manji, joining you from Garage Door Sports. We haven't been here in a while, so Irfan, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Uh, you're right. It's been a couple of weeks, but hey, the weather's out. You can see your Hawaiian-esque shirts ready to party. Um, but you know, uh, you know, it's also Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful moms out there. So thank you. You beat me to it. Oh, sorry, buddy. Uh, and also to the single dads who I know, um, you know, some of them have to raise their, their kids on their own. So a little love for them as well. Absolutely. No, it's a fair point. Probably gets missed a lot. So it's a, it's a fair point. Well, dude, we got a lot to talk about because, you know, we haven't been here for two weeks and, you know, NBA playoffs are underway. NHL playoffs are underway. Champions League and Europa League finals have uh, been figured out. So why don't we start with our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy, calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you're looking for year round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferrar brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to help you take your special teams game to the next level. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy for more information. And Irfan, we are starting in the NHL. Because NHL playoffs are in full swing. Mm-hmm. There have been some surprises so far, and actually a lot of tight matchups as well. Mm-hmm. Um. What what kind of a surprised you in the early stages of the NHL playoffs? I mean, we're like three games in. So we're three games and we didn't miss our preview, but that's fine. Um <clears throat> I think every series has had a competitive edge to it, except for one. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the the Preds just look like they're they're on the ice. And the Avs just keep hitting an extra gear every 10 minutes. You're like, oh, can they do this? Yes, they can. Um, and I mean, I know the Preds don't have their starting goaltender. Don't that have does a goaltender. <laughs> yeah, so it does a lot to them, right? Like I, I understand that, but I mean, if you're Calgary, you're like, damn it, we missed out. We should have taken them first, you know? Like that's what we wanted instead of the Stars because the Stars are playing Calgary very well. Uh, Jake yes, Odinger has been fantastic, and I think he's the biggest thing. Him and Pavelski have been the two best players on the ice, and that's that's saying a lot. Um, but yeah, that was my surprise is how easy. The abs have it against the Preds, right? Well, but everyone else looks pretty good, you know. I, I want to get into that, so let's. I'll skip sure. ahead. Can anyone stop the abs right now? Like this team is built to win, right? Kemper took a stick in the eye last night, but he should be back for Game Four, based off what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't see any team in the West being able to stop this Avalanche team. So my biggest concern with the abs, and it's been a question mark for the last three years in the postseason, is how what happens when they play a team that's going to be super gritty, is going to get in their face, and but not Nashville get is that is that's Nashville style. Well, it is, but like it hasn't worked. That's what I mean. Yeah, but I meant like a more seasoned uh, playoff team. Like let's say the Blues come out of that wild series. I or think that goes wild. seven. Yeah, I think that would be a tough matchup for the abs, right? Whereas I think because. The goaltending hasn't been there for Predators. They're still, I think they're playing a different game. I don't think they've played up to what they're good at because they're like, okay, we got to protect the goalie, not give away too many high scoring champ- chances. And it's still happening because the apps are just that freaking fast. But, but that, this, this then brings the question up of how do you stop all the firepower on Colorado? This is a team that their top line is just ridiculous. Rantanen, McKinnon, and whoever you put on that wing, because it's not usually Landeskog, because Landeskog mm-hmm. plays on the second line with Kadri, and that line is just ridiculous when they're firing. And even the I third line, you're getting goal scoring right now. And then yeah. you look at the back end, they have four guys who can score goals as defensemen mm-hmm. spread out along their three defensive pairs. How do you stop them? Well, it's, you got to take a page out of the, the Detroit Red Wings book when they played the, the Hawks a couple years ago where... They just kept getting under the skin of the best players. 
and it worked for about six games until you know Brent Seabrook made his way to the penalty box to calm down his captain. If you remember that a little while ago, but like you're just gonna have to get under their skin because you know uh, is a flight risk in my opinion. I think Landeskog's a flight risk if you get under his skin. I mean, Kadri, yes. In- I don't know about Landeskog. Uh, yeah, last playoffs, he, he had a couple of, you know, he was a little irritated. I think Nate McKinnon's become a little feisty. I mean, took a swipe at the referee <laughs> earlier this year. He took a year. swipe at the referee. I, okay, I'm so mad that people think he took a swipe at the referee. He clearly was not swinging at the ref. He was swinging at the player. And oh, rightfully so, because the player grabbed his stick twice. He missed by a month, but I'm just saying, he took a swipe at the ref. It still counts. He didn't take a swipe at the ref, though. He took a swipe, he took at the a swipe Nick. He took a Come swipe. On. I'm not denying the fact that he took a swipe. Okay. But he did so not it's take not a swipe directly at, at the, the ref. referee. Okay. But okay. So, he, anyways, I'm just saying that he's he's fighting back a lot more, right? Yes. So, the point is, can if you can get under their skin, you can get them off their game, which is super hard to do because they're dialed in. Like, yeah. Nate McKinnon had an interview with Kobe Armstrong and he was dialed in going, this is our year. we got to win. Like, this is it. So well, they know. They know. Like, this is the window because Kadri contract's up at the end of the year. A couple yeah. of other guys are up. Yeah, you know, you change based off of this season. You know what too. I mean? Yeah. So, you know, if you can get under their skin, sure. It might happen, but if they're firing the way they are, they're skating the way they are, they're moving the puck the way they are, and the fact that they're getting goaltending from Darcy Kemper and Frank Kuz, it's going to be difficult, but you know, I would like to see them against a team that has their number one goalie. Yeah, but... Okay, which number one goalie scares you in the West right now? Marc-Andre Fleury. God, no. I love Fleury. He doesn't scare me, though. I'm no. saying which goalie scares you. I love Marc Andre Fleury, but he doesn't scare me. I uh, love Jordan Bennington sometimes, but he doesn't scare me uh, right now. There's Smith no goalie does that definitely can... does not scare me. Cal Peterson definitely does not scare me. Jonathan Quick right now does not scare me. No. Ottinger is hot right now, but I wouldn't say he necessarily scares me because he's still young, so hot could end in Well, a I game. mean, in terms of in terms of the remaining goal goaltenders on the west side i think mark andre Fleury is the only one that i think can steal markstrom's the only one that jumps out at me for calgary markstrom does but markstrom's getting caught out of position a few times right but like out of the rest of the goalies like he's the only one that legitimately scares me right now Mm. that's fair and it's not even like a boogeyman kind of scare like it's like he might be okay sort of scare well i mean when i think of scared i think who can steal a game from me you know, yeah. who can steal a game away from us on that? I mean, that's, I always think that's Markstrom because it's that. But I mean, for you, it's Markstrom. For me, I, I always I can't discount the flower. And I don't want to discount the flower, but he's also on probably the weakest defensive team right now. They're playing well, though. They're playing well, absolutely. No, they are playing well, but yeah, that defense, that team doesn't overly scare me. The Wild. No, that's why I'm less like. I just don't know Fair if enough. anyone can stop the Avalanche <clears throat> getting to the final. And even in the final, whoever comes out of the East is going to be battered and bruised and beat down. It's the Depending opposite, on how right? easy Colorado gets there, they could just fly through. Right? Mm-hmm. Very different than the West used to be like four years ago. It's the opposite. It's like, yeah, exactly the opposite. Now you're like the East is like you look at God. the the Washington Panther series as an example. They keep trading games and you're like, oh, they're just going at each other. I mean... Tampa Bay Leafs, they've been going at each other. Um, I mean, the only underwhelming East series, in my opinion, has been Boston and Carolina because it's been a poop show. But <clears throat> Speaking of Boston just, and Carolina, pardon? let's get into that series because I did want to talk about it because I know that's your team. So sure. I want to get into that one. Boston survives game three. It's back mm-hmm. into the series. But are they yeah. really back in this series? Do you think that they have a legitimate chance here? No, because no. the 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 rest of the nine forwards on our team can't really do anything unless Bergeron, Barshawn, yeah. or Pasternak are on. They're the not. They're not balanced. No, and I mean they were in the mid mid part of the season where where they looked yeah. very good, but I think they hit a rut because you know that's what happens in the highs and lows of the season. Um, and people pick up injuries. I don't think Pasternak has come back hundred percent. I don't. I think Marshawn's dealing with something. They just look slower than the Canes, and that's probably why it's it's a lot more noticeable. Uh, Carolina's running through four lines. I I really like what they're doing. They have goaltending. They have they have the edge. They have the goal scoring. I mean, if you can find a way to shut down that top line, 
because Bruce Cassidy put it back together. You know something? I, I think the Canes can win. Like I, it looked to me like a sweep. Yeah. By after after game one, you're like, there's no way because Boston struggled to get out of third periods most of the season, except yeah. when they were hot. And so that's why I was like, oh, thank God it's not Florida. And then you realize well, Carolina is also a very good third period team. And you're like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> it's true. Um, but I mean, I, I still see Carolina taking this in five yeah. or six. There's... Well, the big thing for me is goaltending. Like, how do the goaltenders react? And we're mm-hmm. losing. Carolina's down to their third string goalie right now. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a mm-hmm. tough spot to be in. For any team, no matter how no matter how good they are, it's really tough to be down to your third string goaltender in game three of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So yeah. there's a chance for Boston here as we welcome in Kyle. How's it going, buddy? Hey. Oh, not bad. Not bad. Of course, as soon as I need the computer to work, it decides to run six different updates. <laughs> it's all good. You're here now. That's all that matters. <laughs> Uh, we were just talking about this Boston Carolina series in the playoffs here, and we were saying, yep. are they are they legitimately back in the series after winning Game Three? Irfan says no. I'm saying because of goaltending, they might be. What's what's your stance? I honestly, I I agree with Irfan. I still say no. Um, to be honest, Carolina's third string goaltender is putting up better efforts than right. Boston started right now. So it's um, Wait, who's the starter to... for Boston though? It's Swayman well, right now. Based on based on the first two games, it was Allmark. Now it's Swayman. Swayman had one good game. That's my point. Who's technically the starter? Well, we'll we'll, we'll see if they if they stick with Swayman. We'll see if he can continue yeah. what he did. So to yeah. me, Swayman was like, you know, it, it's the curveball that they were thinking was going to happen, but they weren't quite sure. And then it hit, and they're like, oh crap, I wasn't ready for the curveball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, to to me, that is the. Uh, it's going to be if Swayman can stand on his head, then they have a shot. But I mean, Carolina has so much depth and so much everything going for them right now that getting up 2-0 to start the series and then obviously every, everything going on with their goaltending. To me, Carolina just, is just going to ride the wave and just get through it. And maybe they, maybe they win in seven games, Yeah, but I still think Carolina wins the series. No, I agree. I'm just saying maybe Boston has a chance because of the goaltending situation, right? That's the only thing. That's the only reason that they're even going to be close in this series is because Carolina's on goalie number three. Marshawn has to stop slashing the goalie and start putting the puck in the net. That's the biggest thing. So Marshawn he did needs last to stop game worrying about anybody. Exactly. He yeah. fi- finally, he, he's like, hey, maybe I'll play hockey and I'll actually do something. So true. It's true. Um, three other Eastern, well, Three other series are a bit of a surprise. Penguins, Capitals, and Stars are all up 2-1 right now. Mm. Which of them is the biggest surprise to you, Irfan? Can I say the Stars? Because Absolutely, you can say the Stars. I'm going to say the Stars. I mean, I wasn't expecting much out of that team. You know, like, you look at how the Flames have been all year, you expect them to not roll over the Stars because the Stars struggled down like trying to make it into the playoffs. It was just back and forth for a while. Um, but you would expect them to be leading this series 2-1, at least 3-0, because, you know, there's been games where they should be winning. And last night was an example. Gujro on a breakaway couldn't beat Oninger. Like, you're, you know, they're just not taking their chances here. And, and so kudos to the Stars, but the Stars have two good players and everyone else on that team is meh. Like, you have Pavelski, who knows how to get in front of the net and knows how to attack, and you have Oninger making big saves, and that's about it. So I, I think disappointed on Calgary's end if I'm them. I mean, they've outscored Calgary six to three in the series. Calgary is three cool. goals through three games. Mm-hmm. Three of those are Pavelski. Three of those yeah, for the stars, yeah. So Pavelski yeah. has the same amount of goals as Calgary's entire roster, though. This mm-hmm. does that sound like shades of I hate to say it, but that that sounds like shades of the Leafs last year. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's but the only difference between that and like what's going on now is the stars are scoring for Calgary. Right. Whenever they do score, it is the stars. So like, that's the opposite of, I just mean the the team, I just mean the team not scoring in general. Like the Leafs just didn't score last year. hundred percent. Yeah. Like, like the, and the thing was, is like the Leafs were getting scoring from other people, not Nylander and Kerfoot were leading the team in goal at Spezza. Exactly. So, I mean, the, the, the good thing going for Calgary is that, through three games, they've only given up six goals. 
which is a good thing. It means goaltending is still there. It means Markstrom's still giving them every single shot. To, it does uh, sound funny, though. They've only given up six goals in three games, and this is the positive we're taking from it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? It's like you think about like six goals in three games. That's two, go- two goals a game. Two goals a game. If your goalie if your goalie's giving up two goals a game in the playoffs, you should have a shot to win every, every given night. But no, you're right. if, you, if you say that in retrospect and you've scored three goals in three games, not exactly ideal. That's mm-hmm. the thing, right? So, That's the thing. Like, to put it in perspective, Colorado's goalies have given up six goals in three games. Yeah. But that series is 3-0 because Colorado's put in 16. I'll say <laughs> this. Nashville should have won that second game. Connor Ingram stood on his absolute head. He looked fantastic in that game. Yeah. Fantastic, but not the point. Uh, Kyle, who's your biggest surprise? Is it the Stars as well? Uh, I, I do think it's the Stars, but to be a little different, I'm going to say Pittsburgh. Um, just because Pittsburgh was hoping to have Jari back for probably game two or three, depending on how his whole foot went. Yeah. Then now he's potentially out for the entire series now because he's not even skating yet. Yeah, he was on the ice yesterday. Oh, they were saying he wasn't even skating yet. Yeah, was when I read something. I saw a video of him on the ice in practice. So. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so even then, I don't think he's going to come back, but that's no. just my personal opinion. Um, DeSmith was was looking great, was playing great in that overtime, and all of a sudden now he has core muscle surgery and he's out for now pretty much the entire year. Yeah. So, um, And now all of a sudden they're on Louis Domingue, and Louis Domingue comes out of nowhere and makes 30-plus saves, and all of a sudden he's winning them the game. Yeah. I mean, la- last night's win was ugly. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but they chased the Shurkin. Like they chased the Shurkin. Gorgiev had to come in. One of those like that's not something you heard of in the regular season because Shurkin was the best goalie in the NHL. It's not close, right? So, to me, everything in Pittsburgh battling through and going up against a Rangers team. Yes, the Rangers team is young. Pittsburgh's uh, the veteran core. Whatever. I don't really care. The Rangers are the better team. Yep. Mm-hmm. The fact that Pittsburgh is now up 2-1 with Louis Domingue as their starting goaltender is saying something. You know what? I'm going the other series because I'm most shocked by the Capitals leading 2-1 over Florida because of what you just said, Kyle, goaltending. Yep. Yep. If I was going into that series, I thought Florida was going to be able to pump Samson off. He's in net, right? Uh, Well, it's Vanacek to start, and they did pump Vanacek. That's why Samsonov's in. Right. I'm not crazy, Vanacek. Samsonov looked fantastic yesterday. He did. But I thought Florida was going to be able to pump those two goaltenders. Mm -hmm. And they haven't. Outside of the five-goal game in Game 2, they have three goals across two games. That is not going to win you many playoff games. So, And this is the team that was the President's Trophy winner. They had Mm -hmm. Jonathan Huberdeau, who set career highs in goals and assists, I think, this year. Alexander Barkov was phenomenal all season. You've had yep. scoring up and down your lineup. Mm-hmm. And across two games, the two losses, you have three goals. That's not okay. No. And, and it's one of those, honestly, everybody was picking, and you, you ask anybody before the playoffs, and it's either Florida, Tampa, and Colorado, pretty much in, in the Stanley Cup final. It was one of the Florida teams. It was and one of the Florida teams or Toronto. Colorado. It was the top three in the Atlantic division. Because some people did have Toronto. I will say that. No, like yeah, a lot sure. of people did give Toronto credit. I don't know why. Although they Steve have Dango. looked good. They've looked good. And we're getting we're gonna get into that. Hey, hey, next. hey. Win win one series, we can we can talk next time. Right. We'll, but we'll no, but before the playoffs, some people were giving Toronto credit. So I'll give the top three Atlantic teams sure. maybe Carolina coming out of the East. Those were the four potentials. But it was yeah. either the Florida teams or Toronto. And the the Panthers do not look like Stanley Cup contenders right now. No, like like they they got veteran presence. Like they picked up Giroux at the deadline. They got all this stuff to give them those pieces. Yeah, to to give them those pieces where it's like, hey, they are they're relatively new to the playoffs, right? They haven't really won anything. They're like they're very much like the least when it comes to playoffs. They get there but don't do anything with it. Um, so. They needed those veteran presence. It's like you pick up Giroux. He looks good at the end of the regular season. Looks good going into the playoffs. He scored one goal for you, and now he's kind of disappeared. Yeah. So it's like, it's like it's but it, but it's everything going wrong basically. It's one of yeah. those. No, it's right? true. It's true. They, they beat up on Vanacek, who was iffy for a majority of the first two games, and all of a sudden, Samsonov comes in at the end of that second game, 
and makes like 17 saves in the third period. Yeah. Builds up his confidence. Now he comes in the third game and just basically shuts the door. Yeah. So it's one of those everything going everything's going wrong for Florida because now Caps goalie has confidence. The Caps have the the depth and the veteran leadership to push through the seven game series yep. and make it a dogfight if they have to. And the Caps are missing one of their better forwards in Tom Wilson too, who was out with an injury. Like, so it to me, sure. Florida's got to switch it real quick, mm-hmm. and they got they have to win Game Four. They have yeah. if they go down three one, they will lose four one in the series. Sure. I mean, the biggest they might not lose four one because Game Five's at home. But I think that's joke, To be honest, well, well, the biggest thing we've noticed in this series, and to add to Kyle's, is Florida's been one of the better teams in the third period all season long. And Washington's come out and played them hard in every yeah, single third period. Absolutely. And that's a huge thing. Aside from great game five, which was a break in coverage for most of the game, I, I think the Caps were ready for that game. But other than that, the third period, Washington's been shutting down the Panthers. Like they can't move the puck, they can't get into the zone. They're flipping pucks in. And you're like, that's not what they want to do. They want to be able to carry the puck in, they want to be able to pass through the, in the neutral zone. It's just not working. So, I mean, most of it's credit, like you said, to the veteran players, but also Peter Laviolette for, for acknowledging that because he's been there. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. It's true. Well, from a series that has surprised us to the uh, series that deserves the Jekyll and Hyde award of the first round, Toronto Lightning. Game one, Toronto dominated. That building was electric. I was in mm-hmm. the building. It was incredible. Yeah. Game two, building still electric. Team forgot to show up for two periods. Yeah, Tampa like really good. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. And then game three in Tampa, Toronto looked very good. I know the scoreline mm-hmm. scoreline's a bit iffy, two empty net goals. Um, yeah, but I would say Toronto looked really good on the road, even in for sure. even in the first like, sixteen minutes before the two empty netters. Yeah, well, the they took period. the momentum from game from game two. Yeah. They were very good closing out game two at home and then took it into to game three and hell of a penalty kill, hell of a with Engvall and Mackay yeah. of like they've been revelations. Like I know you guys are both huge Leaf fans. What do you make of those two so far? I love him. Like, Engvall looks yeah. really, really good this season. He's he's taken a huge step forward. The step that everyone expected him to have when he came into the NHL. <clears throat> this is the player that Keefe was raving about with the Marlies. This is the player that he expected Engvall to be when he came to the NHL. But he couldn't put it together at the beginning. This season, he has put it together. He solidified his role on this squad. And Mm -hmm. he went from a maybe fringe fourth liner to a solid third liner on this team. Which I wasn't expecting necessarily, but it's a huge bonus. And Mikheyev has gone from a fringe third liner to has to be a top six player on most teams. Which is crazy to say. Right, Kyle? Hey, my internet just cut out right when you were finishing that, so I did not hear it. But yeah, I mean, Mikheyev's gone from a third line checking guy, and now he's a legitimate top six guy who is a 100% a huge threat on the penalty kill. That's the biggest thing. And, and I've said this, I know, I've said this to Justin multiple times. The biggest thing about the Leafs this year and the biggest difference is the problem was in previous years, yeah. the Leafs would always have a power play and one team would have a shorthanded goal, whether it be Boston or Washington or whoever they ended up playing in the playoffs. There would always be that one shorthanded goal, which just switches the momentum and all of a sudden the Leafs are done. Yep. Now all of a sudden they are that team where if you have a power play, you have to watch out because if the Leafs score, all of a sudden, you know, David Camp's going the other way and he's putting one past Vasilevsky, game's a whole different ballgame now. The guy who so, never scores a useless goal, by the way. He, he always scores the most important goal in any game. I don't know how it's possible, but he always does it. I've said this since day one when they signed him. I said David Camp will be the most important signing they have made in the offseason, and it is 100% true. Signing it's not games. even – like, like, bunting has been great. But without David Camp, the Leafs aren't where they are. Okay. But to go back to where you, your point are fun, I, I was never a fan of Engvall. I called him giraffe neck. I hated him when he was at the Marlies. But I have to respect what he's doing. That's the biggest thing. Like I, I can't, I can't not 
be like, all right, yeah, he's a valuable player for us right now. And Mikheyev to me is is one of those. I would love to have him back, but he has officially priced himself out of coming back to the Leafs. Yeah, he's priced himself <laughs> way out, um, which is fine. It is what it is. But uh, I really like what we've seen from the Leafs in three games in this series. They look they look like the team we've been hoping for all year. Like this this regular season meant nothing for the Leafs. We kind of knew that they were going to the playoffs in November, basically <laughs> the way that yeah. the division was. This year was all about how they showed up in the playoffs. And through three games, they've shown up. they got to keep going. It's not over. It's not a guarantee that they're getting through round one. Tampa is yep. the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason. They could turn mm-hmm. it on, and this series could be over before we come back for game seven. Like That's that's just how Tampa is. It is possible. Well, and, but, and also Leeds have yet to get out of the first round in 16 years so i know but that, that's that's a given it doesn't really matter i'm saying like this series is not over at any by any stretch no of imagination. Then, no that's that's what i'm saying is, is it's not over because the leafs still haven't got out until they get out that's the biggest yeah. thing well until they the get leafs. that that monkey off their back it, it's just... and you can look at it the other way tampa's not out until they're out like 100%. like you and, cannot and... rule out the two-time defending stanley cup champions until they are legitimately four games down yeah and and I will say this, uh, I expect one of these next two games that Campbell's going to steal a game because we haven't necessarily seen that yet. He's been solid. He's done everything you he's could, had to do. You could almost argue that he stole game three, though. Yeah. You could argue. Because remember, it was a 5 two game. I know that, but it was two empty net goals. There was huge saves that kept it at 3-2 or even 3-1 hmm. at points. Like, he sure. stood on his head. He might have stolen that game. Yeah. I, I also, I also think... Sorry, go ahead, Irvine. I said it just said he's robbed Stamkos twice in his slot area there. And yeah, great movement on the pad. Yeah. My my biggest thing is I I yes, it was three two before the two empty nets. I do think the Leafs should have been up more than that, though. That's I agree, but at the same time, they weren't, and he kept it three two, is why I'm saying he may have stolen game two or three, just because like it was that close. Well, we'll we'll see uh if Vasilevsky's stats after a loss continue in this this game tonight. So 15 and all the Lightning are in the playoffs across the last three seasons. He has like a 970 save percentage. It's uh, after last game, it's down at 943. Really? It was 966 yeah, it was... going into that game. Yeah. Oh, he gave Leafs up didn't three. take many shots. That's why. He gave up three, too. So. Yeah. Talk about a goalie that can steal shots. a game. Yeah, mm-hmm. talk about it. Well, we were saying this earlier, Kyle. We were talking about who in the West could potentially beat Colorado at this point. And I'm like, which goalie are you th- are you saying in the West could hold their own against Colorado? Neither of us were really confident in any of the Western Conference goalies right now. Right, right now, it's weird to say, but honestly, I'd probably take Ottinger. Um, but but if, if I have if, if I have one that I'm going to put my money behind, it would be Flurry. And that's what Irfan said. But I don't trust I don't trust Minnesota, so I'm like I would say the only two goalies that maybe have a chance are Flurry and Markstrom. That's it. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is I can't trust Calgary until they put exactly. in more than no, one. No, I two and we said the same thing. So because <laughs> yeah. you're you're not going to beat Calgary, you're not going to beat Colorado two one. That's not how you win. It's going to be a four three game. That's okay, four, you're going to have to very generous. <laughs> well, I'm just saying no. I'm saying four three against a really good team. Nashville is not a really good team. So. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like four three, even with Colorado, is still generous. Like this team put up five in most games in the playoffs, just because that's how their firepower goes. They'll give up well, a lot. They will give up a lot, but it's also gonna it's also gonna depend on if Kemper's back or not. I don't know what his status is. But... Uh, it sounds like he's gonna be back for game four. Hmm. Uh, anyways, let's wrap this up. That'll do it for a kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Visit the mechanicakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram for more information. Quickly, boys, NBA playoffs are underway, and they are getting chippy. We've seen so many injuries, a lot of hard fouls. Pretty much every game has a dirty foul. Put that in quotation marks because it depends on what team you're a fan of. But A flagrant. Lots of flagrant fouls. <laughs> Ones and twos. Um, mm-hmm. Here at the NBA, is this a concern for you, Irfan, with all the hard fouls? I mean, it's playoff basketball, so no, I expect it to be like that. Um, but I do think sometimes the officials put the whistle away at the wrong time. We noticed that in our Raptors series the last two times. They're like, okay, that's a, come on. 
Like he would have called that if, if somebody else, like a star would have done that. Right. If so yeah, exactly. So I think, I think the whistles have gone away for everyone else, but the stars, they're getting their calls. Like you have Harden flopping and he's getting the call. You have Embiid complaining. He's getting the call. Right. And I'm sorry, I'm picking on the, the 76ers here, but that's the only one I can remember. But like you see Boston and Milwaukee play hard. Like there was a missed call at the end of that game that yes. um like like I know I'm a Celtics fan, but even if I pull myself out of it, I go, okay. That that should well, have was, been a call. Technically it wasn't a missed call. They got the foul. They just called well, it as they, a they just didn't call it a shooting foul. They called it a yeah. floor foul as opposed to a shooting yeah. foul, which took a shot away. Yeah. Yeah. But right. not the point. I mean, but still, you know, like, it's okay that it's chippy, right? It's the playoffs. I enjoy the chippiness. I like the little fragrance. I didn't like the the guy who got suspended for the Grizzlies. What was his name now? Dylan Brooks. Thank yeah. you. He went up Maybe. for that. Like, he didn't need to – I don't think he needed to finish that. Like, it's just unfortunate that that really? happened. But There's, There is concern, though, in my opinion, because a lot of these hard fouls are against star players, mm. right? if you're the NBA, mm-hmm. that is a concern for you because you want your superstars down the stretch, especially in playoffs, to be playing in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, to be playing in the NBA Final. Like, if one of these hard fouls takes one of these guys out, like, let's just say, I'm trying to think of, like, Robert Williams does a hard foul against Giannis next game, and Giannis is done for the year. Like, that's an issue for the NBA. Mm-hmm. That's a superstar that potentially could lead his team to the final. They're up to one right now. Like that's an issue, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, the defending champions as well, right? Same time. But yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's definitely a concern for sure, obviously. But I mean, I think the the counterpoint to that is um, the fact that these are happening is making these games a lot more entertaining. Um, yeah. I, I think it, I think it's bringing a lot more people into the game. I think it's bringing a lot more people to actually watch the game. Um, I know myself, I have zero interest in playoff basketball. Even when the Raptors were on, I barely watched it. But I mean, if, if I understand these things are going on, all of a sudden, hey, like maybe I'll tune in and see what happens, like see how good these games are. Yeah. The other thing is like there have been pretty good games so far in, in this round specifically. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, other than the Warriors game last night, which was an absolute blowout. Um, but even then, like it's one of those. It, it, it's good to see matchups of superstars. So yeah, I would I would say they're a little concerned, but I think it's overall it's actually good for the game because it makes people more invested. No, that's totally fair. I was just it's it's just something that we need to talk about because they're I'm noticing it a lot more this year than we've seen in years past. So it, it oh, becomes sure. a question. Um, but which series so far has impressed you the most, Kyle? Um, in the second round, I should say. Which second round series impressed you the most? To be honest, I, I I honestly don't really care for the Eastern Conference matchups. Um, if I'm being quite honest, I think Milwaukee Boston's had been the best out of the two of those. Yeah, Miami Philadelphia is honestly to me just boring. It is um, it's so bad. Like it's just I don't care. I'm sorry, I really it means don't. Back, it makes it a little bit more interesting, but even then, it's yeah. not entertaining to me. I agree with you. Um, like honestly, I I would say. The one that I, I I actually have tuned into recently was the Warriors Memphis one, just because seeing John Morant take those steps and become that much better of a basketball player and trying to go toe to toe with everything the Warriors have to offer, because Desmond Bain has disappeared in the playoffs yep. and it's been John Morant trying to carry that Grizzlies team. The fact that they won a game is astounding. I mean, he, I mean, he went up for forty plus points. So, um, so like to me, that's a series that's really interesting. And then you look at also like that Dallas series too. I didn't think Dallas had a shot against Phoenix. And all of a sudden now that Dallas team is developing and getting better and better. So it's one of those, like the, both Western conference matchups to me are much more interesting than the Eastern. Fair. Irf on your thoughts, man. Um, probably about the same, right? The storylines coming out of the West are just much better. Like John Morant scoring 47, uh, pa- uh, Beverly, tweeting or whatever like hey he never scored 40 plus against us like it's just a little little Patrick Beverly needs to just go away for the rest of the year like I'm so I'm so tired of this man listen I rather have him than um the ball LeVar ball talking so I will take that any day um but like the storyline even in the Phoenix series right like Chris Paul around a, a good young team like they've been they've looked amazing um Dallas you know their biggest Achilles is when you know Doncic isn't playing at the top of the of his game who the hell can take over and it's 
nobody's really come up to that. And, uh, you know, I look at that Boston series, for example, I mean, well, you said it's the best series in the East, but the other series is not really great. So like, yeah. how do you really hold it up to any sort of measure? I mean, Boston and the Bucks keep finding their way in the playoffs the last couple of years as well. And you can tell that both teams want it. So, I mean, that's nice, but the West is much better right now. I think the series that has impressed me the most is the Boston Milwaukee series, just because of how the two teams have played, but most entertaining series are the West. I agree with you, Kyle. It's, it's not even close. Let's switch gears here. Final segment. UEFA finals are set, boys. We know who is battling for the Europa League and the Champions League. Liverpool will face Real Madrid in after what was an incredible comeback. 30 seconds left in regular time, plus added time. They were down two goals on aggregate. Come back, score two goals in a minute and a half. Ooh. Is, it, is it a comeback or is it a collapse? Technically, it's both. It can be both. I understand that, but which one is it more of? Okay, you totally ended my train of thought that I was trying to get through announcing the two <laughs> two finals, but um, it's a good question. I would, I would probably say comeback, just because of how they did it. Mm -hmm. But it could be a collapse. Too, I could see Earthbone. What do you think? You're you're more you're more into this Ooh. game. <laughs> I mean, good 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 point, Kyle. I think it's more of a collapse in a way because you get to that point with Pep Guardiola and you go, dude, you got to get over the bump. But like, I can't blame him for the whole left side of City shutting down in the last two minutes of regular time. It's just they just shut down. It's just yeah. that ball should not even get into the box. Like, yeah. what happened to your press? What happened to your pressure? Like, you have people walking, and you're like, okay. You realize that this is the same Real Madrid team that, you know, showed up in the second leg against PSG, showed up in the first and second leg in the Chelsea game. Just absolutely, they showed up late in the in the first leg of the City game. Like, you can't discount how good this team has been. And yep. Carlo Ancelotti, like, I don't know what this man's on, but he figures out the right substitution at the right time, and he takes off his three best midfielding players of, of all time or whatever, and they still win the game. So yeah. I, I think, you know, it's more of a collapse than a comeback okay. on City's point of view, but because uh, Real Madrid shouldn't even be in the final. I'm going to oh, stick to that. I don't think they should be in the final. They're, they they're they not... could have been out in the last three rounds. Yeah. Take your pick. They could have been out in any of those rounds, and they're still here. So I actually say they deserve to be in the final. Oh, I'm not saying they don't deserve that. to be there. They just shouldn't be there. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea should have just threw them under the door and be like, bye bye. Any of the last three teams that they've played should have thrown them under the door. For sure. And yet, we're saying this, and they're the champions of Spain. And Ancelotti yeah. becomes the first manager to ever win all five top league titles. Yes. That's just how they are. And no one expected anything from Real Madrid this year. Nobody. No. no. Mm -hmm. I mean, we knew Barca was going to be worse too, so I think a lot of people picked Atletico to win the Spanish La Liga. Mm -hmm. Madrid ran away with it. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> and yeah, we expected Barca to be down too, and they're second. So. Well, we just didn't expect them to be that good. We also expected Atletico to be better. Yeah. They have not been. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was gonna say I don't think anybody expected Sevilla to be third too. So that's what I mean. Um, right? No one expected Atletico to drop as far as they have. Yeah, but yeah, no. So, so to go back to my actual question, I, I think I was another collapse. To be honest, okay. Like I, I don't care what sport you are. In the last three minutes, you can't let two goals in. Minute and a half. They scored two goals in a minute and a half. Yeah. There was also but, four so other like, minutes of added time after, but. Still, but it's like I, I the first goal, fine. Give that to Real. Give that to Real. No problem. Like you give up a one goal, fine. Shut it down. Possess the ball. You can't and just put it in the corner. You, you still win on aggregate if you tie one one. You can't yeah. allow them to get a second goal. I don't yep. care, like what's going on. You can't do that. So to me, that's an utter collapse, and it's one of those like, it's that's why honestly this whole Liverpool Man City rivalry thing. It's like well. Who's going to choke more is really what it comes down to. Yeah. Like Liverpool's choking in the, in the Premier League race right now. Man City just choked in the 
uh, Champions League semifinal. Maybe Liverpool chokes in the, in the Champions League final. Like, who, I don't know who's going to choke more. It'll be interesting. A one-leg game, though, does Real, does Real have enough to get through a one-match game? Because they've depends been how much really good in game is. two. <laughs> All depends how much added time there is. <laughs> Valid. Seven, seven minutes out uh, of time. <laughs> is Benzema going to be standing alone in front of the net? Yes. Then, uh, yes, it's going to happen. Probably. He always so manages to find a way. Van Dyke versus Benzema in front of the net? Uh, Van Dyke's going to get pulled out of position because that's what uh, Rodrigo and Vinicius mm-hmm. Jr. are there. And they're going to leave him on Kanate or Matip. And you're like, ben, oh, no, fun. Benzema doesn't matter who is there. It might be Van Dyke, but he always manages to find a way to stand 12 yards out by himself. No matter yeah. who he's playing against, he's always there by himself. I don't understand how it's possible. Someone just needs to sit a man on Benzema the whole game. Man mark, mm-hmm. I don't care. Play the rest of the game 10v10. That one player is sitting on Benzema the whole game because he's not allowed to be free in front of the net by 12 yards. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the Europa League final will be battle between surprise Rangers and possibly even bigger surprise, Eintracht Frankfurt. Barca killers. The Barca killers, Eintracht Frankfurt. <laughs> this is a matchup nobody expected. But honestly, mm. this is a matchup I'm really excited to watch the final of. I love it. This is awesome. Rangers becoming a dangerous team again, which we haven't seen them be a dangerous team for 10 years in, mm, yeah. in Europe. Yeah. First final since 08. Yeah. But they were competitive after the 08 final for a yeah. couple of years. But like, this is their first final since 08. Like, this is huge. This is a team that was in administration 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Relegated, yeah. Right? Now they're back. They're becoming, they're becoming stronger every year. It's good. And then Eintracht Frankfurt came out of nowhere this year. They came out with a really cool jersey, so I started following them. A little bit more closely, I should say. They've done really well. I'm very impressed with this team. So this will be a fun game. Right, Irfan? You're not wrong. I mean, Frankfurt's always been a good competitor in the Bundesliga. Obviously, you have the one and twos there, but three to six, they've always figured it out. I mean, I mean, they are sitting 13th this year in the Bundesliga. Well, that's the problem. Like, they, they focus so much on this, the Europa this year. That's the biggest issue. But, I mean, they're usually a good three to six side. Um, aside from whatever happened this year, but yeah, um, I mean, like German soccer is improving every year as well. Like you look at you look at the depth that they're going through, and a lot of the, the teams there, and and this is true where they've like sort of given up on the league because they know it's either Bayern or nothing, and then they go, okay, if we're in Europe, how do we focus on Europe? Or if we're in the the Pokal, how do we focus there? So, um, it's like what the, a lot of the Spanish teams do. Like that that explains why Sevilla and uh, via Real have been able to win the Europa League in the last couple of years is they know we're not going to win the league so let's focus on something else yeah, yeah. Kyle are you excited for this one I I am to be honest I guess one of those it, these are two like two teams we have not heard from that's I think that's honestly the biggest thing is that yeah. it's fresh it's new it's it's something we haven't seen it's not you know it's not Barca Real all over again like it's not like not a city like that. So it's man. It's not Man U Villarreal again. Like it's not. Like we've seen that. We don't need to see it again. Let's do something new. So, um, I honestly, I, I honestly do think Rangers are going to pull this out. By the way, so um, the fair I, I, It's it's one of those. It's kind of a shot in the dark. I just think that that they're they're playing as a much more complete side right now. So, my personal thought. Eintracht Frankfurt hasn't been in a. European final in 42 years. Incredible. Love to see it. Quickly, boys, who's winning each title? We'll start with Europa League. We'll go to Champions League. Irfan, give me your Europa League winner. Uh, Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Kyle? Oh, I already said Rangers. So. And I think I'm going to go Rangers. That might be more of a personal pick, but I like. I, I would like to see Rangers do well. Um mm-hmm. Champions League. Kyle will go with you first. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go Real. I'm going to go Real. Really? Yeah. Okay. Earthbound? Real. I think I'm going to make it a clean sweep. Hmm. Just 
it hurts me to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they shouldn't be there. They should have been out for three rounds. So they're gonna win. They're gonna do it. They're gonna figure it out. They're gonna win. And then Enchilotti's gonna retire and coach Canada in five years when Herdman leaves. And Benzema's putting two in the back of the net. Calling two. One penalty. I think it's like a one game personally. Yeah. No, no one one two. penalty, one open two, play. They're yeah, gonna leave. Two, two with one penalty, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. It's, it's going to be one, one's going to be a header from about eight feet out. Yeah. And the other one's going to be a penalty. That's yeah. here. By the way, quick, and I hope I Bale to, shows up. I have to hmm? ask the Ancelotti comments about him potentially coaching Canada. <laughs> what I want to know what you guys made of these. I, I think it makes sense because his wife was is from Vancouver, right? So, like, he has a connection to Canada, whatever. But it just seems like it was a really odd time to bring it up, right? Kyle? Like, Am I wrong in that statement? Yeah. No, it's a very weird time to 100% bring that up. There's no question about that. <laughs> I mean, at the same point right now, would you want him to no, take not over? Right with not right Herdman's now, team? no. But what if Herdman leaves? Oh, well, sure. No, he wants I, I, to go I, I, coach club, club soccer, of course. Right? <laughs> Hey, maybe they can switch. <laughs> Herdman one goes from three. Canada to Real. That's, that's a big jump. Just saying. <laughs> He, he has nowhere to go but down if they win the Champions League. So, <laughs> Irfan, what did you make of the comment? Um, I think it could happen in five years because Encho is really good at having complete teams ready to go and getting them to the next stage. Like he's one of those kind of managers, not a guy who can help you develop the young guys. So until you know, see the the, the Davies, David, Laren sort of crew get to their mid to late twenties, and then he hops in. I'll be like, "Oh, okay, now." I mean, Laren is in his late twenties. I would like to point it out. He's our age. Oh, well, I always think we're twenty. Like that's that's mid. That's not late. Is like 20, 28, 29. So in a year. <laughs> Sorry, one year from now. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe he takes over in a year from now. Who knows? In five years, Laren's going to be thirty-two. Perfect. Benzema's 34 and he's an ageless wonder. He'll find that out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm to get him on our team earlier. No, but it's... Laren, Laren equals new Benzema? Question mark? No. Not a chance. <laughs> but it's, it's an interesting... I just don't think the timing makes sense to make that comment. Because like Herdman is entrenched. He's not going anywhere. They're not getting rid of him. Herdman will leave when he wants to leave, right? Will he leave before the 2026 World Cup when it's in Canada? Well, some of the games are in Canada. I don't think so, personally. I think he'll go through the next World Cup. All depends on what kind of gig he gets. If he gets gets a good club one, he may leave. But it doesn't mean he has to leave Canada. No, sure, but I mean... Right, like, yes, if if he gets a chance to do a club team that is, like, a top quality team, maybe, yeah, I get that, but... There's no guarantee that that's going to happen. Of course not. All right, boys, let's wrap it up. Final thoughts of the week. Irfan, hit it. Uh, Sydney Crossy's between the leg pass to, to Jeff Carter for an empty net. You know, we always talk about McDavid and McKinnon and all those big guys, and we always forget Crosby's still around. And you can see him in the playoffs. Just frig, man. I still think he's the best player in the game right now. Yeah. Um, I know everyone will say otherwise, but you, you see why. He just bats things out of the air, makes these ridiculous plays. The only line that I think the Rangers are having a hard time shutting down as well. There's a lot. Great player. Kyle, your thought? Uh, NHL playoffs are in full swing. I'm in love with this. I love watching four games on a Saturday. I have no issues with that whatsoever. Um, So I'm completely happy about this. And I I do make the bold prediction that the Leafs are going to get out of the first round. Is it really a bold prediction though? Like they were the they they finished ahead of the Lightning. They were a top five team all season. Like, is it really a bold prediction? Yes, because yes. they're in the first round matchup where they haven't got out since 04 against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. Yes, that is a bold prediction. Yes. It's a prediction. I wouldn't call it a bold prediction. A bolt prediction. No. Boo. I need a buzzer. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, I'll let it go. But I don't think it's a bold prediction. It's a prediction. I'll give you that. It's not a hot take though, or anything like. Whatever. Um, my final thought: Steven Samkos can't hit the net right now, and it's hilarious to watch. This guy keeps fanning on everything. 
And the other final thought, Kale McCarr is like this guy is just unbelievable. On off the puck, skating backwards, forwards, you name it. This guy can do everything right now, and he may be pushing Hedman finally for that best goal, uh, best defenseman in the league. Uh, category like he is just so good and so entertaining to watch. Anyone want to make a comment on that, or are we just gonna let that one go? Okay, perfect. Um, oh, I have one more question for you guys. This is this is a really simple one. How weird was it to have the Leafs not play on a Saturday night in playoffs? How? I mean, it's it's. It's playoffs, so it's kind of just rotating schedule. So I mean, I know, like, but they usually they usually build that extra game, extra travel day in, so that the Leafs play on the, on Saturday, in the first round at least. They always do that. They didn't do that this year. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know. I mean, I definitely different. I guess I, I never honestly never really noticed it. To be quite honest, that kind of was just playoff schedule. It was more just every other day type of thing. That's yeah. what it really was. So. I can't say I really focus on Saturdays, but I mean, if that's if that's truly the case, then I guess it is kind of weird this year. Irfan, I mean, it's not the first time that's happened, right? It happened twenty thirteen as well when they played Boston. Um, sure. But I, I did I did have to relook at the schedule. I was like, wait, shouldn't it be a Saturday game because we're so used to them? But eh, like Kyle said, every other day is playoff hockey. I think you Fair learn enough. It. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Garage Door Sports. If you're looking to follow us, make sure you follow us at Nick McVicker, at Kyle Vardy, and at Irfan Manji. If you're looking to follow the network, it's at Garage Door Sports on Twitter, at Garage Door Sports Network on Instagram. Yes, we've updated the graphic. Thank you, Irfan, for reminding me. Um, make sure you tune in throughout the week. We'll try to bring you more coverage. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers that are watching, and say Happy Mother's Day to your mother, folks. Come on. You got to do it. And uh, we'll see you next time.